Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Broadcasting from the rock and roll bomb shelter, surrounded by radioactive biscuits and the world famous rock cops, located 40 feet beneath the radio station. It's the Big Fat American, American Rock Show with your host, the Doc of Rock, the Professor, everyone's favorite mad music magician, Crazy Uncle, and your best friend in the whole wide world, Zach Martin. New HD, where rock lives. It's Zach Martin on the Big Fat American Podcast. I'm with C.W. Haynes, who is an author out of Woodstock, Georgia. Is the basic premise of this book, C.W.? It, it goes back to when I was about 13 or 14, which was 1969 or 1970. Uh, one of my best friend's dad told us a story about three men that went into a cave and they found a pit with a log laying across the pit with a hair rope going down into it. So they lowered one of the men down into the pit and at about 40 feet, he hit a ledge, and of course, back then, the uh, carbide lights was about it in 23 <laughs> and 27. So he's shining his light around, and he sees another cave entrance, and he and he hollers up and says, there's another entrance down here. And so he looks in, and he sees Spanish helmets, breastplates, muskets, clothing, a lot of artifacts. And so he started, he, he, he picked up his mask was at the entrance of the cave and he dusted it off. And when he did, he started hearing voices and the room started going. So he threw it down and he started screaming, pull me up, pull me up. And so they pulled him up and he said, when his feet hit the cave floor, he ran out of the cave five miles back across the mountains and the streams. They couldn't catch him. And when they got to him, he was in the floorboard of the car in the back of it with a blanket pulled over him. And when they coaxed him out of the car, he was white as a sheet, and he told them what happened. He said, I'll never go in that cave again as long as I live. So that was the basis of it. And I was sitting at work in Richmond, Virginia, in DuPont, and that story came back to me, and I just had a moment, so I'm going to take a break. So I started taking notes on post posty notes. And so... Uh, I uh, said, one of these days, that should make a good book. I'm going to write a book about it. And that was in 1987. 
Oh, okay. So this has been in uh, the the back of your mind or part of your thoughts for yeah, for half time. a century. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost well, 40, 40 years at least. Right? Forty years, yeah. Um, yeah. When did you start writing the parts on post-it notes in nineteen eighty seven? Nineteen eighty seven is when I'm put on. I don't know. I had post-it notes at work, and I had post-it notes at home. You know, then I just kind of put them all together. Said so one of these days. You know, because I, I was working 10, 12 hours a day in engineering. So it was kind of hard, but I knew I thought it would make a good book. How were you able to keep track of all the post-it notes? I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like organized, but not very well organized. And I hold on to things for a very long time. For instance, you know, some of the shirts that I wear all the time, I realize today in my shoes, 15, 20 years old. I really don't get rid of many things. I'm not I, a pack rat. I'm not too far from that, Zach, because I think I've got you beat. I have a shirt that I still have that's left from 1976. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a shirt that had all different colors on it from the 80s, and yep. uh, I got married, and I held on to it till one day. Yep. It, it disappeared. My wife didn't like it. She threw it yep. out. Yeah, well, of course, I, I no way I can wear it anymore. Um, you know, being I'm 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I understand that. Yeah. I, but anyway, so yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But what uh, to answer your question is, I got a Manila envelope, and I just started putting <laughs> them together, and then just started putting them in it, and in a folder, put it in a folder, and said, uh, actually, the name of the book then was uh, Spirit Cave: Secrets of Spirit Cave. Uh-huh. And I thought, no, nah, there's got to be a better name than that. So uh, when I actually did get around to start writing it in 2003, when computers came out, I said, oh, now it's okay. going to be easy. I can type and not write. <laughs> so that, that's kind of when it, it started. And that's when I changed the name of it. Well, I noticed that you, we, we talked before we got started with our interview. You have your dream kept catcher, the walking stick behind you. You got your uh, yes. cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're descended from Cherokee people. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of your ancestry, how much of your uh, experiences growing up, how much of, uh, I guess you would say that your bloodline, mm-hmm. how much has all of those things influenced your writing? And, and maybe did any of the your background as far as growing up and, and being Cherokee, did it have something to do with the terrific characters and the mystical moments that are part of grandfather's journal? Uh, yes, uh, it does. Because I had you know, lots of stories handed down from my mother, but my dad was Osage. So he taught me how to hunt and fish and live off the land and taught me how, you know, when it's like, you know, shape shifting is, I have some of that in my book. And it's like, if you've ever hunted, and I don't know if you have, Zach, or if you know people, that you can be with somebody and you can look out in the woods and you can say, look, there's two deer coming through the woods. Mm-hmm. And the other one sitting, and they're not 20 yards from you. And the guy sitting next to you says, where? I don't see them. Right. And they never see it. They walk right on by. And it's like, they're right there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, because of, you know, my dad and my mom and all the stories uh, and it just, the way they were treated, I've always been treated and I've had to teach myself a little bit of the Cherokee language, but, you know, uh, because I wanted it to be part of it. That's why part of this book has words in Cherokee, like, uh, Wado is thank you. And Cherokee didn't have a word for bye. It was until we see each other again, which is don't know, they go, honey. 
So I have trained and learned and studied and, and I do a lot of research before I ever write, make sure that it is coherent with their beliefs. I like the fact of not saying goodbye to people. I, I have a nephew who could never bring himself to say goodbye. If only we knew the Cherokee expression like that. That's a beautiful right. thing. And I have started using that. And I had a brother-in-law passed away in June. Mm. And I went and seen him in April. And uh, this, uh, I actually, instead of saying bye to him, I knew I wouldn't see him again, but I said, until we see each other again. And I said, don't know day will haunt me because he's read my book and he understood. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Now you mentioned that how you used the phrase, how you were treated. <laughs> let's, um, let's bring that to the surface a little bit. Cause I, 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 I think that how we're treated, you can use it uh, as a positive or go in a negative direction. So, Right. Tell me, tell me what you mean by that. Well, I, I use it in a positive, you know, because, I mean, there's enough negative in the world. We all know that. So uh, uh, it's just, you know, they were forced from their homes. But they went and then they created a life into what them was, you know, the great spirit, because he's in everything and everything is from him. So he's in the rock, he's in the water, he's in the trees, he's in the tree leaf. And when they take an animal, it's to feed you. So they're giving thanks to the great spirit. So they had a really good understanding of one God and he was in everything and he gave them everything. So they didn't dwell so much on what they had done to them. They still gave their thanks to him for feeding them and giving them life. Growing up, I, I guess there's probably not too many years uh, between us. I was born in 56. Okay, so I was born in 64. Not not really too many years. Okay? Not too many, no, eight, sure. eight years, not, eight not a years. long time. Right. But that means that we grew up around the same people. The World yes. War II vets. Yes. By World War II veterans. Yep. Uh, I watched Gunsmoke and Bonanza <laughs> and Andy Griffith. which is Lone Ranger. <laughs> the Lone Ranger, I just couldn't make a connection with that. But... Yeah whole um tonto thing and i guess over the years now now we're not even allowed to watch the one ranger i guess it's oh i don't know i'm still watching him because he still comes on i mean it's, and, you know uh kimosabi means trusted scout so. you see now thank you for bringing that up because i uh, got in trouble from a program director when i had a nationally syndicated show i go aloha kimosabi uh -huh. right when i would get right. on it that was taken from a guy named dan ingram who did uh afternoons here in new york on the radio for many years on abc and then later cbs fm and it was my homage to my late friend dan ingram when i right. was aloha kimosabi so yeah. i get an email and i'm so glad that we could talk about this because <laughs> what a bunch of pricks okay yep, i agree um, they're just trying to find ways to get rid of me so here's the email yeah. from a guy up in maine uh-huh uh, we find that the use of aloha kimosabi is offensive to indigenous people and I responded, I'm like, I just have one question. First and foremost, uh, I don't see how, but I would like to know what indigenous people are up in your part of Maine that you feel that they would be insulted by the use of Aloha Kimasabi. I just, I'm, I'm confused by, by this. Right. And, and they had no answer. I think that people really, this, this whole cancel culture, woke culture and, 
I don't think it does much when you're not part of the group that all of a sudden you're you're making the decisions for how the group should think and feel based on your perception. Probably didn't even know what kimosabi meant. How can you how can you say something offended you if you don't even know what it what means? What it means? If you think it means something bad, then well, won't, won't you tell me what, what you it? think it means? You know, right? All right. So yeah. aloha kimosabi, I thought was like, hey, that's really kind of cool because what I'm honoring is traditions of indigenous people, whether they're Hawaii or Native American. Right. So um, anyway, right. I, I, I find that I'm with you on it. But but so these these shows also at the same time, right? Gave us really, I think the wrong impression of indigenous people. Hollywood has a tendency to want to change things a little bit, in my opinion, which right. is small. <laughs> I can just imagine, look, if you're of a people and you're presented as something that's way off of mm -hmm. what your people are, that's offensive. Right. For sure. So, uh, although sometimes it's so over the top, you can't help but laugh. Uh, how about F Troop? Remember? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I now, now, the beautiful part of that is that <laughs> all, all the guys that are the foils are the ones causing all the troubles. They got, you know, O'Rourke and they got Screaming yep. Eagle and, yep. and, and and they're all working together on they're the same side. They're all working together yeah. coach with each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. So that, yep. that I think, yep. was a great way to it have was, fun yeah. with. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a. That was a fun Western, to be honest. Right. We're, we're yeah. all in on it. You know, yep. Yep. that's fantastic. The book, apparently, and yep. I haven't yep. read through everything. I, 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 Oh, there you go. There. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, well, there's so much to talk about. Okay, great. Uh, I, I, and now I did the artwork. Oh, I'm, you did? That's what yeah. I was going to ask. That's I, I did the artwork. It took me like four times. Oopsie years. To to, well, no. <laughs> Good. I like that. <laughs> it took me four times to get it back to Yorkshire. Because their artists kept coming back. And the first time they, they brought it back to me, let's see if I can get it up here where you can see it. Yeah. All right. Can you see the little bitty part of the house? Yeah. That's all that was on the book. That, that would was, make no sense. Right? This, li this little bitty portion right here. Right, right. And I said, wait a minute. And I said, that's not what I, I actually drew this just like this and sent it to him. Said, I said, where's the rest of the house? I said, this house has been in the family for 300 years. It's a 4,000 square foot house. Wow. That little bit thing you got is not even 600 square feet. So they sent it back and did it again. I got this. And it's still, uh, if you notice, there's uh, no handrails on the top rail or the bottom. Right. Which I had in there. And in, in this book, I have a 1932 Ford truck that, the character, the grandfather is. Oh, so you have an F one. Yes. <laughs> right. All right. Yes. No. no all right. And it was supposed Fantastic. to be. It was supposed to be in the driveway, and they left that out. And they said, "Well, you want to redo it?" Oh, and it also had a dock and a boat, and then the White Eagle, which is one of the characters in the book, was standing on the boat dock. And it's like I don't have a boat dock drawn in there, and I don't have a a boat floating 10 feet out away from it, tied to a rope. You know, a White Eagle is standing on the bank. And I said, no, we, you just take the boat dock out, put him on the on the on land, and forget the truck because I don't want to spend another six weeks 
trying to redo it because every time I gave it to them, it was like four to six weeks before I'd get it back. Uh, let's let's face it. To people yeah. who love their cars, screwing with an F1 with an artist who might not know what he's doing, it yeah. will only piss people off. I mean, oh. you have to get the 1932 F1 correct. Nobody will pay attention to the rest of the book if they're fixated on, oh, this is not, no, this is not what it's supposed to look like, right? Right, right, right. There you go. Yeah, and I know so, this. Was this your grandfather's truck? No, no. Okay. Unfortunately, most of the book fictitious, okay, but, it's, well, it, but but it is on life life that I have lived. So I gave the character Jacob, which I guess you could say I kind of portrayed Jacob, and that the grandfather uh, the grandfather's name is Clarence James Churhanes. So I com- I combined two names. Uh, this is my pen name, and I'll admit that. The C is for my dad, Clarence. The W is Wayne for my middle name. And Haynes was my mother's maiden name. So I used that to honor my father and my mother. Oh, that's beautiful. Because so, uh, they well, taught me about God. They taught me about Jesus. They taught me about right and wrong. They taught me how to hunt, how to fish. So I have to give them something. I just like the way you say right, wrong. Huh, fish. I mean, you're my hey, kind of guy. I'm from the South. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we have we have that that sort of attitude in South Jersey. It's, it seems right. like that. You know, you don't even have to get to the Mason Dixon line right. before you get that kind of draw. And I'm from okay. South Jersey, hunting okay. fish and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've lived um, all over the United States, so it's my accent's kind of muddled. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, one of the pleasures of being down south is John. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, down yeah, to yeah. Maybe the um, yeah. uh, you, get, you get to throw in y'all and stuff. Y'all and stuff like ask. that, and, and yeah. you get the jaw. You know, and everybody is like making sure that that you understand the difference between grilling and barbecuing, right? Oh yeah, there's a big difference, big right? Difference. Yep. The one thing I think that we all have in common, if you're in the Northeast uh, or in the South, mm-hmm. we're all really good. Most of us, anyway, are good at fishing. I mean, I, yes. I love to fish. Yep. I mean, there's oh, certain yeah. things that I see yep. when I'm, you know, on the water that most right. people like in the woods would miss when the deer walks by. Now, right. mm-hmm. we right. do have we do have like a herd of deer that's living in the back of my house. We're ten yeah. miles west of New York City, and we have a, a herd of deer in the backyard. How about oh, that? That'd be where I'd be setting up a game camera with video just to watch them. Yeah, just to watch them. I mean, yeah, just to watch them. Not for any other reason. Because I had a ranch in Arkansas, and I used the cameras for that. Yeah. See, it wouldn't be sporting. The deer in our neighborhood, <laughs> just to let you know, yeah. are neighborhood pets. <laughs> oh, you gotcha. do not hunt. You do not hunt. Right. You that live in your neighborhood. Oh, that, no. That go right. in your backyard and maybe feed on your apples or yep. some bread that you throw them. Right. I hope right. I hope people understand that you just don't oh, yes. hit them on a shotgun or yep. hit them with an arrow just because you're like I got a hankering for venison. You just yeah. that's not no 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 you don't do that around your home. No, you, you no, go, absolutely not. There has to be somewhere else because, like you said, those those you become to know and pet pet. So yeah, they're they're your pet. They're the neighborhood yeah. pets, and we got little does yeah. and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Great. So um, writing um, can be really overwhelming. I'm fascinated by writers because it takes so much effort and you really have to know what you're doing. What would you say is your secret? Uh, how is the process for you? What was the experience like? It is a challenge uh, from time to time because of life, you know, gets in the way. So when I get in, I just have to be in the mood and I can come in here and I'd sit down and read some of what I've written. And, I, and I, sometimes I can just say, okay, great. And I can go on and I could write two or three chapters. 
And there's other times I can sit there and I can look at it for an hour and say, what am I going to say next? So you have to be in that my, right mental frame of attitude. And then sometimes if someone asks you about the book and then you start telling them about it, it gets you all excited and you come in and you sit down and you start writing. Is that this one, uh, the, the grandfather's journal in search of, I had nine chapters written and it had been setting for several years. And my sister and my wife for 17 years told me, look, the book is good. You need to finish it. Well, we took a trip and uh, down to Florida to visit uh, a sister. And then when I came back, uh, I had had back surgery. So I had two more weeks before I went back to work. And I sat down and wrote 12 chapters. Wow. In two weeks. That's so amazing. It, it just hit me. I mean, and my wife could say, yeah, it did. And then uh, I had uh, other publishers that was interested, but Yorkshire uh, was the one I decided to go with and and thankful to them and David Salador. Uh, I'm grateful uh, to them uh, and you, uh, Zach, for oh. this. Oh, hey. I'm honored to, to be here. Well, listen, it's great having you because this is this is fun for me. I like I, this is my kind of conversation because we, we really, even though we've never met before, it seems like we've got a lot in common. We could probably sit around on the porch and BS for hours until we annoy everybody, right? Going to uh, bed at 2 or 3 in the morning. Uh, amen. Yeah. Be, be there to pick up the rod and go down to the river and fish. That would be uh, pretty good. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Get some catfish. Oh right yeah, from the, right from the the uh, pond into the pan, you know. There you go. Um, you got it. Now, even though it took you a long time, let's say altogether about mm-hmm. let, let's just call it fifty years to put this first book out, Grandfather's yes. Journal, which right. is available on uh, mm-hmm. Yorkshire Publishing. Right. I understand that you're already <laughs> you're working on a sequel, and obviously, yes. let's face it, you right. do not have fifty years to put this together, so. No, I don't think I have that much long. No, I'm into chapter nine right now, and I'll probably finish it this weekend, and chapter 10 uh, will be coming along. So uh, we just bought a home in Alabama, so here the next few weeks we're in the process of moving down Uh, near Mobile, so we'll be on the Gulf. Oh, oh, that's nice. So uh, I'm I'm hoping maybe January, February, uh, the next book, which will uh, the name of it is The Revelation. Now, it seems to me, well, what's the... What's the basic theme? Is it a carryover from Grandfather's Journal? Yes. Uh, actually, there's a cliffhanger in at the end of this book. And if you pick up the second book and you start reading, you think you're using the same chapter okay. as you know, this book. It is called the sequel. So obviously, you know. Yeah. yeah but of, I, I, I made it. I made, of that. Yeah. I, I made it where, you know, that when you read the last line, it's like, what do you mean? Where, where's the rest of it? And, and I have uh-huh. several things on uh, Amazon. On Facebook, it's like, why'd you stop it there? I mean, when's the next book coming? I'm ready for oh, it now. So see that, that that's kind of brilliant, you know. It's a, would you say that writing is your second career? Yes, definitely. Right. And do you intend to just retire from whatever you're doing and just concentrate on full time writing? Is that what you want to do? Well, now? I retired last year uh, after getting laid off of engineering, uh, so I just when I said the heck with it and retired. Yeah. I get you. Yes. And then it said, ah, you know, I love writing. You know, I've I, I wrote, I've written songs and recorded them. And uh, actually, there's a song in this book in chapter 19, uh, which I actually wrote for my wife. Uh, actually, I wrote it before I met her. And the song is called The Unreachable because 
I'd been divorced and it's like, I don't want another woman in my life. I've had, you know, there's too much trouble. So I said, that's it. So I was unreachable. And so, but I guess <laughs> my subconscious, you know, I wrote it because it's like, yeah, I'm unreachable, but I would love to have the woman God meant for me to have, or the one that was, you know, we had a lot in common. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's yeah. almost like when you want something bad enough, you pretend like you're not interested. Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's where I was. And so I wrote that song in 2003. And then in 2005, in this book, there's a love story between Jacob and Catherine. Uh, so in chapter 19, Jacob plays the song and it has the chords and everything. So you can actually pick the guitar up and you can play the song. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, I think some books have songs, but they don't have the chords. So it's just words. So you don't even know what the melody is. Mm. So me, I put the chords in it so you can play with a piano or that, guitar. You know what? That That's interesting. You just like uh, took a different direction uh, along the literary trail, so to speak. And mm -hmm. I, and I, I'm thinking of grandfather's journal and your sequel and, and I'm getting a sense that, and the, and the song, I can almost picture some sort of like movie franchise or like uh, what Disney Plus is doing with uh, all the characters from Marvel Comics with Loki and, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Winter Soldier. Whomever, Winter Soldier. That yep. was fantastic. Yep. Um, do, you, do you think that this could be a, a nice Netflix movie series or some sort of, uh, you know, Disney Plus kind of thing? Well, from some of the ones I've seen, I would hope so because some of them are not very good. Really bad, yeah, not really yeah, bad. Yeah. But I, uh, and I don't, I won't. I think I'm more humble than than just saying, "Oh yeah." But uh, I've had a lot of people tell me that they think it would make a great movie, and I've had people uh, they have told me they would make a great Netflix series. Well, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that it could, and uh, and I think it would be really good, and because in my book, I also. I, I try to teach with lessons learned of mm. like what we just talked about right and wrong. Yeah. The moral and of the truth story. and justice, you know, uh, good and evil. So there's a lot of spiritual things in my book about this, this world and the spirit world. Right. So white Eagle, of course, is from the spirit world and him and Jacob meet and they do battle in this world and the spirit world through this book and the next book. Hmm. Well, this uh, really sounds intriguing to say the least i have to Thank tell you, you man you got a, I, I got a lot of respect for you because you know i like the tenacity i like the the fact that you're just like you know i'm gonna do this darn it and then you turned um lemons into lemonade when you know you get laid off you're like ah screw this i'm gonna go do something else i mean you and i are like kindred spirits on that right. level I'm like, Sound, that sounds good to me zach you know it's it's better to be your own boss after a while, you know, and then you can yes, make your own decisions. What part of Alabama? Now you're over by Mobile, uh, Mobile, Mobile. Alabama, mm -hmm. and, and now you're in Woodstock, Georgia. Right. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's sections of Georgia that are so pretty. When you go from South Carolina and, and I guess maybe Tennessee, right. there's this like little sliver on your way to Alabama. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would love to live here because as soon as I got in Alabama, I was on my way to Daggy, you know. To watch right. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and um, I saw these cabins and this little ponds, and I'm like, oh, right. And I'd like to live here and just sit off the porch, just fishing. I mean, that yeah. was that was going through my mind. I'm like, man, yep. this is a great oh, place. Yeah. 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 I I think that you know our country has 
so much going on. I mean, right. not 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 the politics, not the COVID nineteen, not the the thing. Amen. Amen. This is a beautiful country. That's what I'm getting at. The nature. Yes. It's got so much to offer. Yes, it does. You don't have to spend a lot of money to go experience something new. Right. Whether it's up in Vermont or Maine, as we talked about it, or mm-hmm. even New York City. I mean, you can find amazing things in New York City, you know. Um, yeah. But so that I, I just think this is great. I, I like the whole feel and, and, and sound and that what you've accomplished with this book. So hats off to you. Really? I know it's available on Amazon, right? You can get it on Amazon. Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and Books a Million. It's, how, uh, how many times have you read your own book? Just in getting it to where it's at a dozen times. I'm actually, I just read it again some last night this morning so that I could remember because I'm so busy working on the second book and I have to go back to it because I got to make sure that, you know, the the times and the dates. So every date that is in my book, if you look it up on the calendar, the year and the day match the month the date all it matches down to so you can look it up and it's going to match yeah anything i write in the book like like, uh parasympathetic nervous system treatments which is something that his grandfather's teaching jacob in the second book you go look it up online and it'll teach you about it oh that's cool so you know there's things called uh healing touch or energy healing, some people call it. So I, I've, I've studied it. So I actually have some of that. Actually, you know, well, uh, I, where the, the grandfather is teaching Jacob to be rounded. And uh, my daddy taught me something that was from uh, Ezekiel. Uh, I used to. I can't remember the date. The anyway, he used to remove warts from people, and he would rub his hand on it, and uh, and it was out of the Bible from Ezekiel. I think it's sixteen six, and it says, "I saw you lying in your blood, your polluted blood," and I said, "I saw you in your blood," and I said, "Live, yeah, I saw you in your blood," and I said, "Live." So that was it's right out of the Bible, and then two weeks later, the person's warts would be gone. And actually, if you look it up on Google and say, how do you remove warts? It'll go to uh, Ezekiel 16.6. All right. I'm looking right now. I think it's Ezekiel. Uh, yes. As I passed by, I saw you defiled in your blood. So I said to you, let there be life out of your blood and multiply. I made you as a field in full bloom and you multiplied, became great and entered into great cities. You're <laughs> well, wow, this is great writing here. Your breasts were firm and your hair grew, but you were naked and behaved improperly. As I passed by and saw you, behold, it was your time, a time for lodging people. So I spread my wings over you and covered your shame and swore an oath to you. I entered into a covenant with you and you became mine, says the Lord. Then I washed you in water, washed away your blood and anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered garments with purple underneath. I dressed you with fine linen and covered you with a veil of fine silk. Is is this the correct uh, chapter here? Uh, well, that's, part, that's, that's in part of it. But uh, the one I'm looking for, like I said, this, I've drawn a blank on it. I'm sorry. Uh, I should have written it down. Uh, but well, it, no, it, this is, this is fun stuff. I mean, you can see part, like. It is still part of it because I use a lot of verses out of the Bible. 
yeah. uh, so that you can look it up. But it well, says, I saw you in your blood, in your polluted blood, like you said. And I said, until you live. Yeah, I said, until you live. So basically, uh, his blood was polluted. But the next time he says, and I saw you, you know, I saw you in your blood. It wasn't polluted any longer. So he cleansed it. So yeah. Like, well, like there's, 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 but it goes on and on. So yes, it does. I, I will tell you this. The one thing about the Bible, it covers all different types of, uh, literary, um, I guess, uh, genres, right? Yes, it does. I mean, it, you know, like, like th this, this chapter, I mean, it would make a grown man blush if you read this in church. I mean, I would oh, probably. Yeah, it would be like, probably stutter it. through it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, I don't think I'll read that next time I'm in church. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you can study that at home, kids. Yeah, uh, there you go. But anyway, it, it was great talking to you, CW. And we'll have to do this again. And especially when you get closer to. to releasing this, uh, the sequel. And, um, Next time, maybe what we can do is find another guest that we can bring into the discussion and mm -hmm. talk about elements of your book. And mm -hmm. also what I really would love to do uh -huh. is have some guests on that right. can talk about Native American stories and, you know, the Native right. American way and share that with people right. because it's really. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it sounds, sounds awesome. Totally sounds groovy. Awesome. Yeah. All right, CW, thank you. Thank you very much. Sophia's mission inspires faith, hope, and charity to people living on the autistic spectrum and with disabilities. Sophia's in association with New HD Media creates meaningful opportunities and jobs for those with additional needs. Many of these jobs can be performed from home and are life-changing for neurodivergent and special needs communities. For more information, go to sophianewhd.org. Follow BFA on Facebook at Big Fat America. Zach Martin on Twitter at Zach Martin Rocks. And Zach Martin on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Zach is on Instagram? I can guarantee he has no clue how to use that. See all the interviews and videos at ZachMartinRocks.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.